begins with this gate drop. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast. I am Steve by myself today because Jesse decided to pay me back for leaving him alone last week. So it's just going to be me. He's not here today. He'll be back next week. We do have some things to talk about. I know there was no races because we are in the off season, um, but that means there's a lot of things for us to cover, a lot of things for us to look forward to. Um, but before we do any of that, let's get to some spots. Thank you for tuning into the Power to the Ground podcast. Check us out on Instagram where we share race highlights and we record this podcast on Instagram Live every Sunday morning. Also, visit our website, www.powerthenumber2theground.com where you can check out some merch and don't forget to sign up for our email list for giveaways, news, and to get notified every time we upload a new podcast. All right, so the season is officially over. We're a week into the off season, and uh, we've already started getting some tricklings of rumors and and news coming in about team changes and all that. But because I wasn't here last week, I want to just kind of give my quick wrap up of the uh, of the you know the motocross season outdoors and how Ironman went. I won't go into too much detail. Jesse did a good job covering that last week, um, but really it just comes down to I wanted to talk about um, you know congratulations to Eli Tomac, uh, you know fourth rider to win three in a row outdoor so he's really padding his resume and I know we've both said it so many times if this guy can win a supercross championship he's going to be one of the best ever but that's a big if right now so it's going to be really interesting to see how he does coming into this supercross season uh Ken Roxon has just looked really really solid towards the end of the outdoor season he finished pretty strong again at Ironman um I'm really excited to see him come back and and do what we know he is capable of and you know if there's a person right now that i would say has the best shot of throwing a wrench in eli's plans to win a supercross championship it's probably going to be ken so um it's you know that's going to be really exciting and another thing to keep an eye on moving forward and you know i have to talk about it jesse talked about it a little bit last week marvin muskan um you know, I'm, I'm only so hard on him because he is my favorite rider, but I have to be really hard on him. I mean, he started so great. He looked s- solid. <clears throat> he was blowing people away and then goes down in the second moto, doesn't even finish the race. I mean, he tweaked his knee, so hopefully he's okay. It's not a serious injury. I uh, haven't seen any updates that said that <clears throat> it's anything serious that's going to keep him out for a while. So it might have just been, you know, last moto of the season, he just had had enough. But this guy really needs to start stepping his game up because – He's one of the most talented riders on the planet, and for him to just be the consistent runner-up all the time, I mean, this guy's just always finishing second all the time, and or third in this case because of the, the, the crash, but when you have that much talent and you don't, you know, kind of fulfill that potential, I, 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 don't, I don't know what he needs to do if he needs to change trainers, if he, you know, maybe he's got, he's contracted to the end of the 2021 season, and we'll get to that, but you know, maybe he needs to find a new team. Maybe he needs something to kind of jumpstart him to really live up to what we know he can do. Cause, um, you know, at this point, if he doesn't, then what's the future for him? Because let's face it. I don't know if these factory teams are going to want to consistently sponsor a career runner up when there are so much young talent coming up through the ranks right now. Um, there's going to be people nipping at the heels for the next couple of years that, I mean, KTM is known for really <clears throat> going after the, the biggest and the baddest of, of these riders. So, you know, is that something that Muskin has to worry about? 
especially, you know, he's already got Cooper Webb, who might be the number one on the team right now. That, you know, and Jesse has said that. So um, really disappointing kind of for him. I was hoping he ended the season on a little bit of a higher note than crashing out, but he did look solid before the crash. So I don't know. You can take, kind of take that either way, I guess. But <clears throat> right after, and actually just before, so there were some rumors going around, and RJ Hampshire actually confirmed he is out of the Honda factory team. So a um, little bit surprising there. Uh, RJ is one of those guys who's just been always there, kind of near the top, really consistent, uh, still pretty young. So I think that he's, you know, he's got a lot of years of riding left. And I think for, for him and Honda to part ways is really a, an interesting situation. But the rumor is it hasn't been announced officially yet. Uh, he actually might be signing on with Husky. So I think that'd be a really good fit for him. I really hope that, uh, you know, he gets a ride like that because, you know, RJ is one of those guys that you just can never – can never really fully count him out. He's just always, always competing, always near the top. So um, we got some more, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more as, as we move forward about kind of the teams in the offseason. I think that's one of the big things you kind of start looking at in between is who's going to go where, what riders are at the end of their contracts, what riders are moving up to 450. So we're going to kind of cover that. But first I want to talk about the motocross and nations. That's coming up in about a month, uh, actually a little less now. And that's something that Jesse and I haven't really talked about too much because even though the U.S. announced their team um, early in August, I believe, we were really kind of focused on the end of the season, the championships right, uh, wrapping up, and it's just something I kind of wanted to hit on. Um, the uh, the Motocross Nations team for the U.S. this year, Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Justin Cooper, I think is really, really solid. With uh, Jason Anderson leading the MXGP, I think that's going to be a really good chance for him to finally kind of get back into his groove and kind of return to form, you know, coming off the, the, the really rough injuries. I mean, this guy is a Supercross champion, so hopefully he can get back to where he needs to be, and this might be one way that he can do it, and I think it's a really, really good representative for the U.S. team going into motocross and nations, which is just such a fun event. Um, you know, the, the Olympics of, of motocross, as Jesse kind of put it last week. Um, Osborne's going to be racing in the open class, also on a 450, and that's another one. Um, you know, he's started to really, really show some 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 talent on the 450 um, after having moved, you know, spent so much time down there. You know, we were wondering how long it was going to take him to kind of get used to the 450, but he's been consistently at the top this season. And uh, I think he's another one that's just a really, really good representative. But the one I'm most interested in seeing is Justin Cooper. <clears throat> now, if you've been listening, you know that I've been really talking up Justin Cooper all all season. I think this kid has so much potential. He's so fast. His biggest problem that I've seen so far is that he has trouble finishing. He kind of fades late in motos. He fades late in, in races. So, you know, second moto is usually a little bit weaker than the first moto for him. And I think that just comes with time and experience and, and conditioning, uh, something that, you know, he's got a whole off season to work on. So, I, you know I want to keep an eye on this kid. I think he's going to be an absolute stud in this sport for a lot of years to come. So I really, really awesome to see him representing the U.S. Uh, and the motocross nations coming up. Uh, something I didn't know, and I'm sure you know a lot of you listening may have already already kind of knew this, but Kawasaki actually held out Eli Tomac and Ciancerulo. Uh, they decided that their off-season training was more important than the motocross nations, which you can take that for what you will, but... I find that a little ridiculous because you have the three-time outdoor motocross champion, Eli Tomac, and the now reigning 250 outdoor champion in Cian Cerullo. Um, I just don't understand how you could, 
you know, make the decision to hold them out of an event like this. It's one event. Um, I think these guys, they both expressed interest in representing the U.S. in, in this event. So I, um, it really kind of blows my mind that Kawasaki decided the, to not allow them to compete in this. When you're talking about two of the best riders in the world, current champions, um, I mean, and that's not to say that they would have been better or worse or whatever for, for the team than, you know, Anderson, Osborne, and Cooper. Uh, so that's not to take anything away from those guys, but Eli Tomac is, might be the fastest rider that we've seen in the U.S. in a lot of years, you know? So it would have been great, I think, to see him kind of competing in this event again this year. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting. And Kawasaki did say, you know, that's not a permanent thing. You know, in the future, they'll consider, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I think that speaks to, personally, I think Kawasaki now knows that it's kind of crunch time for Eli Tomac. It is time to finally get that Supercross championship. And he is going to need every day in this offseason to do that. And if he's focusing on the motocross of nations, he's not focusing on the Supercross season. I feel like that's probably their 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 thinking, um, and you know probably the same with Sans Rulo. You know, him with him moving up now at the end of the season. Well, now, um, you know they want him to kind of focus on moving up and and competing in the 450s. And I think they want to see these two guys go one two in this Supercross season. And you know what? I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility. I don't know that Sans Rulo is going to come out and start dominating, you know, in his rookie season on a 450, but. I certainly think he has the speed and consistency to compete with some of these guys. So it seems like Kawasaki's really taking this next season seriously. I think Tomac's legacy and obviously a championship for Kawasaki is kind of on the line. So I guess, you know, that justifies the move a little bit. I just think it would have been really cool to see these two guys representing the the U.S. in the motocross and nations. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth, but... Tomac really does have his legacy, and we've, we've hit on it so many times. You know, I've come full circle on Eli Tomac. I've said this before. <clears throat> I was a huge fan of him when he was in the 250s. He was my favorite rider going into his 450 career. He got had some injuries. He kind of got dealt with. When he came back, he started competing. And then uh, he kind of lost me a little bit there for a little while. You know, some of his interviews and some of the way, you know, his inability to really just finish and kind of string together enough, you know, consistency to win a championship. And... I really stopped rooting for him for a little while and it's finally gotten to a point when I've really come full circle and I just I really want to see him just come back around I you know growing up where I did I got to see some really amazing things like uh you know we've talked about being from New England area I'm a huge Patriots fan and you know watching Tom Brady all these years like it's really awesome to see one of the greatest ever compete while they're competing instead of going back you know I never got to see Joe Montana I got to see Tom Brady so I got to see kind of the tail end growing up and even you know in his prime the goat Ricky Carmichael um, I watched James Stewart go from you know his rookie years in in the one was then the 125 class up through the pros and just dominate and for me to have one of my favorite riders <clears throat> who was at the time, you know, Eli Tomac, I want, it's really a privilege to see some of the best ever. And I don't think Eli is going to be one of the best ever unless he wins a Supercross championship. So I don't know if that's a little bit selfish, a little bit personal that, you know, I just want to see it. I want to be able to say 10 years down the road, like, oh yeah, you know, I was watching him 
every race, every weekend back in his career when he was just dominating, you know, when people are having the discussion, is, is Eli one of the best ever? But he's not in that conversation right now, and he doesn't deserve to be until he wins a Supercross championship. The sport is really a combination of the two. So we'll, we're, we're going to find out what he's got, and I think that's why Cowie's holding him out. I really think he's going to put everything he has into this offseason, ride his momentum from this really solid outdoor season, and um, we'll see what he can do coming up in this this season. So um, we have a couple of more. <clears throat> we have a little bit of a... <laughs> Drug and drug administration announcement, and I thought this was really interesting, and I really wanted to touch on this. And we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the teams moving into this next season, who's got openings, and who might be going where. Um, so we're going to do that after we take a quick break. All right. So really, the big news um, as far as the drug administration thing goes is, you know, we we Jesse and I talked about the ridiculous Christian Craig situation, how long it took for him to get an official announcement and a decision and an explanation as to what was going on uh, in his suspension. And it was just an absolute farce as far as how they handled it. You know, we, we definitely covered that. But it's interesting that because of the backlash from that, I feel like um, it was just announced that the WADA is probably out and they are going to be replaced with the USADA. And really their goal here, they said, is to kind of streamline the process for drug testing and, you know, getting the official results and announcements back to these riders. And I don't know that it's enough. Uh, The suspensions and the actual penalties probably aren't going to change. So that wouldn't have changed Christian Craig's situation as far as how long he got suspended for. Um, But he certainly wouldn't have had to wait the way. I think it was 18 ridiculous months uh, to find out what was going on with it. You know, that that was an absolute, absolutely ridiculous situation. So at least the FIM and, you know, AMA are moving towards fixing this situation these these riders deserve better you know they they risk re- serious injury every single time they get on these bikes they're riding at the fastest speeds you can ride uh on the planet they're professionals and it's they at least deserve processes and systems that treat them with the respect that they have earned and i think the usada coming in hopefully at least streamline and speeds up the process for, for getting these guys where they need to be or the information that they need. Um, you know, it's, it's happened so many times in the past from James Stewart up to the, this Chris and Craig situation um, before. So changes needed to be made. And it looks like, you know, enough of the riders and fans because there was a, a huge backlash from the fans uh, in this whole situation got them to kind of say, okay, maybe we need to take a look at how we, we address this, you know, the drug testing and doping situation. So, um, it's moving in the right direction. Hopefully they continue to make changes and make improvements there. But I think that it was just you know a matter of a couple of weeks after the, the announcement and the backlash and Christian Craig's long post. Um, just a couple of weeks later, they had their board meeting and suddenly now here's some changes coming through. So uh, at least they're listening, I think, is the big takeaway from that. And hopefully they continue to improve that in the, in the future. So. So there's a little bit of that. I thought that was interesting. We'll have to see what Jesse thinks about that because I know he felt very strongly about this entire situation when we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we'll, we'll be sure to bring that up again next week when, when he's back and we'll, we'll kind of get his thoughts on the whole, on the changes and whether he thinks it's enough or if they need to keep going. But um, 
so that kind of wraps up that. Now we're going to look at some teams. Let's take a look at, uh, so, you know, we're not going to cover all of them. There's a lot of teams in the sport, but let's look at the big ones, uh, where the openings are, who is, you know, potentially going where. We're going to start with the Honda HRC team. Obviously, Roxon is not going anywhere. He signed for a couple more seasons. Um, the big one is that Cole Seeley retired. So there's an opening there on their second seat. And the rumor is, and basically the news, is that they're really only looking to sign somebody for this next one year uh, season because they're looking to bring Chase Sexton up to the 450s here pretty soon to fill that seat, um, which I think is a good move. Uh, Chase Sexton's another one of those riders. He's kind of in line for me anyway with, with uh, RJ Hampshire's. Uh, of the world of really consistent solid riders has a lot of potential if they get the right team and the right training regimen around them so um malcolm stewart's name's been thrown out for a one-year deal you know a few other guys so uh they're really not looking for a permanent replacement for cole seeley this year they need to wait to bring chase sexton up so uh we'll keep an eye on who they they decide to bring up uh kawasaki is not changing uh, no, I'm sorry. Kawasaki is going to be changing. Savachi is probably out. Uh, they've already pretty much said that. And that's because of, you know, like I said, it's with Tomac already in that number one seat. Santarulo is probably coming up. Well, he is coming up to take that second seat. So uh, Joey Savachi's out, and uh, I, he's going to find a ride. He's he's already been – his name's already been tossed in to replace um, a few guys in some open seats. So I don't think he – you know, he definitely deserves – a factory ride. I think he's a really, really solid 450 rider. Um, but I think it makes just perfect sense for Kawasaki to bring up Sansarulo and fill that second seat. Um, I, I don't see any other way they can go about it. You really don't want to keep him down. I think he's ready. I think come up, compete with these guys in the 450s and uh, see if he can push Eli a little bit. And I think, you know, maybe him pushing Eli a little bit helps to push Eli over the hump here. So, so Savachi's out. Stance Rulo is very, very likely in. Yamaha has really no changes. Same with KTM. Muskan and Weber both signed for the next couple of seasons. Um, Hussey's got Jason Anderson and Zach Osborne signed. Um, so that's probably not going to change at all. Uh, the, another big one is Suzuki. Weston Pike's contract's up. So he's another guy that I, I absolutely love his story. I love how he got to where he is. Um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of you know, you know, he was in, he was an independent rider. He paid his own way and used any money he got from races to, you know, get to the next race. He had his own bike. He had his own, you know, he did a lot of the work himself. I think he had, uh, was it, was his dad or a family member, uh, helping him work on the bike. And the guy would go and post top tens without any support from a team, Never mind factory, just any any sponsors at all. He was a completely independent rider, and he was posting top tens like on a regular basis. He was just always one of those names you just kept see popping up, and it was really awesome to finally see him get signed. It's been a couple years now, um, and you no, know, so he was riding with Suzuki. His contract's up. I really hope that uh, that he continues to get support because he's a, he's a really fun rider to watch. He's very Barsha esque in his aggressiveness. He is ridiculously hard to pass. Um, I don't care how fast you are. He just getting around him is never, ever easy. He always tries to make it difficult. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can see him kind of keep things moving in his career and get, get a sign. You know, maybe he gets the one year. Actually, I would like to see that. I think Weston Pike getting that one year deal that Honda's looking to, to dish out before Chase Sexton, you know, the next season, maybe that's a good spot to land for Weston Pike. Um, I know I'd like to see him there and as an actual like factory sponsored, you know, number two rider for Honda HRC, 
see what he can do with that full factory sponsorship behind him because I think, you know, he never mind the top tens as an independent, you know, I think he can start posting some consistent podiums. Hopefully. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Maybe he's just, maybe he's already peaked, but I think you put him on a team like that and there's a very good chance he starts throwing a wrench in things. So um, that's something to keep an eye on moving forward where he lands. And um, I think that, you know, I think that probably covers all the teams that we really wanted to talk about. There's not a whole lot of changes. Looks like it's going to be coming up. There's a few really, really interesting ones. Cian Cerullo coming up is a hu- is huge news. Who's going to fill the Honda hole is another huge news. So things that we'll keep an eye on and we'll, we'll definitely talk about moving forward. Um, and then obviously the motocross nations. I think Jesse and I are going to talk a little bit more about that next week once we're finally back together because I think at that point it'll be about two weeks out. Um, so we'll take a look at not just the U.S. teams. I think we can take a look at some of the other international teams. We can take a look and see who we think has you know really strong – strong teams to to take home the the mxon and um i think i because we're in the off season you guys know there's not going to be a whole lot of racing itself to talk about outside of the motocross and nation so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun if you're listening follow us on instagram throw us some comments um tell us what you want us to talk about it can be really anything related to dirt bikes if you want to talk about a brand or a specific you know bike or ask questions about what we think about news and all this other stuff and we can even you know i know we've teased it a little bit but one of these days we are going to get into the discussion of greatest riders ever we're going to name our top five at some point and we're just going to go at it and hash it out and debate and we want you guys to be a part of that so um if that's something you want to do jump on the instagram shoot just comments give us your top five and when we have you know when we have it all kind of compiled all that information we'll go through and we'll see what you guys think we'll see what we think uh, do you guys put Eli Tomac in that top five yet? Is he in the top three? I mean, I think maybe he is already top five. Is he in the top three? You got, you know, with the guys like James Stewart, Ryan Villapolo, uh, obviously the GOAT. So that's a pretty elite class of riders for him to be competing with. So tell us what you guys think. Uh, again, Jesse will be back next week. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, before we go, the last little bit of administrative notes. If you've been trying to buy merch off the website, which we really appreciate all of your guys' support, um, there was a little issue where if you were trying to buy with just a PayPal account, uh, you wouldn't be able to make that purchase. That has been fixed. So if you try to do that, you couldn't get something. You can you can go back on now. You can grab that stuff. So um, again, we really appreciate all of the support. Everybody who has bought merch, you guys are awesome thank you uh all the listens if you've taken time to listen to even one episode uh we really appreciate it it's what allows us to keep doing this every single week talking about dirt bikes and motocross and the things that we absolutely love and that we know you guys love too so keep keep it up keep listening share with your friends and we were going to see you next week on the power to ground podcast thanks guys 